0: everybody. It's Tamar Turner here. Welcome back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast. And as I kind of spoke about on my last episode, and something that you'll probably even hear me reference a lot in in coming episodes, just because I was able to make a lot of connections here. A lot of good people speak and drop some value is that, look, if you're somebody who is a business owner, is an entrepreneur thinking about, you know, just you have a different craft or anything like that, or just different interests and hobbies that you have, I really would advise you to, you know, make that transition, get on over to Clubhouse, because it's really just a great way to, to network, to connect. I was somebody who, you know, coming in, I was a little skeptical about it. Like, I, I can't even lie to you guys. It was something where I didn't really know, and the stuff that I was seeing getting posted and the connotation that was giving me, it was just something where I kind of wanted to stay away from. But after just some conversations, just from you know hearing that perspective and everything, it's been an app that's really I've been able to utilize. It's, it's been beautiful and just how miraculously and how fast that it works, and just the people that you meet, just the talent that you're able to kind of get, and the value, just the gems that people drop for free. So just wanted to kind of drop that gem on you guys. Definitely something to look into, and I can definitely talk to anybody more about it but that kind of leads me into our guest today so i'm sitting down with hugo v somebody who i was able to you know join we joined the room simultaneously and then just in kind of waiting on our turns and just in kind of giving some feedback in the conversation we were able to hear one another speak and then instantly connected kind of off the app and now here we are today so definitely very excited to be sitting down with him today and I'm, i think he's about to provide you guys with a lot of value so hugo how you doing today doing excellent Good, good, good. And so for everybody out there, for everybody who kind of might be tuning in, who might know a little bit about your background, some of the people kind of on my end who may not know anything about you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what brings you on the podcast today? Sure. Hugo V. I
1: grew up in Houston, Texas. I was born in New York City, but I grew up in Houston, Texas. But my story begins with my parents. My parents are immigrants from Bolivia. So they came in in the 60s, where my brother and I were born in New York City. And my dad was always a big dreamer. And, you know, he had worked for some companies, but he, when he always, when he finally was able to, he became an entrepreneur. So I was able to kind of get that entrepreneur bug early on and kind of see how it how it went. Now, my father's first business, just like a lot of businesses, you know, went for a while and he went bankrupt. So we had to go through personal and business bankruptcy, which was an eye opener because it affected the whole family. You know, I went to strike Jesuit here in Houston, went to UT Austin, then later on came back and started working. My dad had a couple different uh, clients because he was now working with another company trying to get out of bankruptcy. And so I was just working a couple of clients. I got out with an accounting degree and I was Came back from college. I was living at home, and I was trying to figure out: okay, do I want to work for a company? Maybe I'll just work. You know, as I'm looking for a job, that was the whole thing. <laughs> I'm looking for a job, but I got to start working some type of hustle, try to make some type of money. And then, little by little, uh, you know, the clients, you know, started getting more and more orders. I got a couple other clients, and so then, after three years of doing that, was able to get out of my parents' house, open up an office, and really start this uh, business. And then a few years later, my dad left the company and came to work with me. And we ended up working together in this family as a family business for about for 20 years until he passed. What we mainly did was at the beginning, we were more of a middleman for industrial products. And then I saw that needed to get into distribution to get a better gross margin. So that's what we did. We started trying to get a few different lines, some flow meters made in RCM flow meters made in California, and then also found this industrial chalk uh, made in Poland for the windshield industry, some other types of fittings made in Texas. And so that's kind of how it, how it all began. And so that's how I I first started to kind of realize is that if you really want to make something and have that American dream, because that's what my father believed in, that no matter who you are, the obstacles may be bigger for some than others, but it is possible. And you know, and I've noticed, you know, as times change, it it is possible. And certain things are harder now than before. Certain things are easier than before.
0: Got you for sure. And it's, I would definitely say that that was a great point to end on. That just things change, and it's something that you know it can be tough to adapt to. It can be tough to even accept change it's just a hard thing, whether it comes in business, whether it comes, you know, just any form of life, education, different things like that. But I definitely do love to hear the journey. My, my condolences and prayers um, to your dad, to your family and everything like that. But I love the fact that because it's not many, I wouldn't say I don't bring many business owners on here who are in like a family business, but I would say that a lot of people kind of who I bring on here, they more so kind of speak from their personal journey. They're just kind of getting it from the ground up type thing. One of those things where they kind of just started it on their own and may just get support from friends and family, but it's not necessarily something that they do. So when your dad originally left his company to come work with you, to come, you know, you guys are in business together. What was really that feeling like? What was your mindset kind of going into that? Well, my mindset is I needed some help.
1: <laughs> it's like, you know, there was a lot of work and it, it was, you needed someone to trust. So when I traveled to see the clients or he traveled to see the clients, and you know most of our clients were either in the u s or in Latin America, so obviously both of us being bilingual, you knew that the office back home was being covered, and you didn't have to explain things or leave a lot of different notes so it just made it easier was able to do do more and then obviously with someone that you didn't really have to bring up to speed because he already knew he already knew the business from before, so that's what made it easier and then you know just and then it just kind of also kind of changed our relationship. And there's other things that kind of changed our relationship. But then, you know, one thing is just being father, son, but another thing is, you know, being business partners and just trying to make some money.
0: Definitely. (laughs) I'm big on, like you said, I just needed some help. Sometimes that's really just what it, what it can start from, what it can stem from, uh, what it really boils down to. So most definitely, it's always good to just hear that, you know, people are able to adapt, to grow, to learn, an environment, but it's, it's even kind of more surreal, more bittersweet when it can come from the form of a family, from the form of somebody that's really close to you, none other than you know your father. So just in thinking about what you said and just in thinking about the business that you ran and what you really did, how would you say kind of looking back when you kind of first got into business um, because you spoke about change and everything. So how were things kind of when you first got into business and what you were trying to do, whether it came to like the manufacturing, the parts in different places and just getting new clients, as you look at that back then and as you look at that now, what would you say has been the the biggest adjustment in this industry? What would you say even the biggest adjustment that you had to make, you know, to kind of adapt with the times to be able to keep up and still, you know, produce? Well, I think the biggest thing is that you stay consistent with who you
1: are because from the beginning, our like biggest customers has changed over the last almost 30 years. So you're kind of like your bread and butter or the companies that you would, you know, really depend on to generate a lot of revenue has not been the same. It's just like anybody who comes up with a business plan and shows you a sales forecast, you know, well, this is how much we made in year one, so we're gonna make this much more in year two and three, as though there's never gonna be any type of obstacles to come before you. So our biggest customers have always changed, and so you always have to be, to do, in my opinion, to do two things. Always communicate to the customer and always deliver you always want to make sure that you deliver because that was the one thing even though when we were a middleman and you know we would charge more than and you could probably get if they went direct now they had their reasons to go to us because they didn't want to have a bunch of different suppliers but they could rely on us and trust us i mean that to me is the most important thing if your clients as well as even personal relationships if someone trusts you they're more willing to either do business with you or fall in love with you I mean that's that's almost like a given so I think it's you have to always be building trust and, and your customers will change you know there is not any customer that's going to maintain the same level of activity sometimes it goes up sometimes it goes down sometimes ha- something happens to them something happens to us so to me is is always be true to yourself and knowing what you want to do and and I learned this on later on so after about 13 years, I went back and did an executive MBA at Rice University. And, you know, one of the things when we were doing like corporate strategy, we were talking about you want to have a mission statement, you want to have a vision statement, but you also want to have company values. And I always said one of my values is treat customers as family. You know, it's almost going back to the golden rule, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. Well, if I want to do business with you, I want to make sure that everything is done correctly and fairly where we both win. And I think a lot of times people think that, oh, I just got to be a hard negotiator and get the most out of it. It's not one deal. I got to think about the second deal, the third deal, the 10th deal, the 100th deal. So if someone feels like I'm always kind of putting the screws to them, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. And you never want to do that in any any type of relationship. You always want to make sure that people feel like they're getting something of value. And so I think that's always key, to, you know, to trust and the value and to communicate. And then you're going to change. Like we had different products, so some of our products have changed over the years. So we've kind of then focused more on other customers. So we, you know, you just kind of go sometimes where the money is, or where you think, or kind of like what you what you want to do. So you know, I think those are to me the most important things because even and we saw in 2020 that the pandemic caused a lot of businesses to have a, a really big hit to their balance sheet and their income statement. You know, there's a few companies that obviously made a lot of money, but for the most part, everyone, you know, had to kind of relook at business. And so things are, and things are going to continue to change here in 2021 and beyond is, you know, the whole thing is, is what is the new workplace and what is considered a business where you have to do things face-to-face where some things you can do more remote. And, you know, and then you see a lot more people getting into, entrepreneurship which is beautiful and you see that on clubhouse you see that just in in general because a lot of jobs disappeared so everyone is trying to look at what can I do and so I think that's the key thing is you got to know who you are as well as you know what you want to do
0: man that was from start to finish that was just couldn't be more than true Just from thinking about customers, how you approach them, how you want to think about longevity. That's really what you made me think about when you described that, not thinking about just that first deal, not thinking about just that first contract, that first sale, that first whatever it may be, that first episode even for my podcast. So it's just like you have to think about later on down the line, the goals that you set for yourself, the taste that you leave in the customer's mouth. Never want them to feel like they're on the back burner they were cheated you know that the that your values weren't upheld that what you really said whether it being your mission statement on your website or or just to them even face to face that that wasn't fully carried through i think that that can definitely affect relationships matter especially when it comes to business it's not all money and I think that the I think that once people realize that, once everybody realizes that, even the bigger corporations, that it's more so you gotta you gotta think about those morals and those values too. That these are people just the same. So I, I really think that that's important. And then also kind of what you touched on as well, just in thinking about that still that that constant everlasting idea of change, just adapting, just with the times and everything like that. But something you also talked about too that stood out to me. Um, you mentioned the word obstacles. And that's something that I'm big on just because I feel like that obstacles are definitely like teaching points, that they're something that we we, we want to avoid them bad, or we're even taught to avoid them, whether it just be in video games and different things like that. You don't want to kind of go into barriers or different things like that. But sometimes you have to embrace that because it's, it's, it's truly about growth. And I think that it, it takes kind of those trials and those tribulations, those failures to, you know, really grow, really learn. So what was an obstacle or maybe even obstacles for you that, you know, kind of really adjusted the way you approach your business, whether or, or not, I, I won't even really just hone it down just to business. You could even just say life. So what was what was maybe something that you kind of just went through or what was something that you've really just experienced that you know really just changed your outlook on things?
1: Well I think the main thing is is as each year in life, either hopefully you're getting more knowledge and you're kind of dealing with kind of different things. And so almost like different things kind of present themselves in all types of relationships. To me, it was always looking at what possibly could go wrong. So one thing you kind of learn in business school is you do the, the kind of what they call the SWOT paragon. You put out your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. Something can always change. You know, we, you know a lot of times we say, well, I know I'm going to make a lot of money because I'm really good at it. Yeah, but there's also somebody down the street that might be very good at it. So then you kind of have to understand, okay, what is your value proposition? You got to figure out what are the possible opportunities, but also what are the possible threats? So there was like two things to answer your question is, is I was always kind of looking ahead and I think you always kind of have to be prepared to, you know, look in, do what you need to do today, this year, but also kind of try to almost look at business like a chess game. What are the moves further down the line? You always got to be thinking about there's other moves. And that was one of the reasons after 13 years, even though things were really going good there in the 90s, it said, well, I don't know how things will go. You know, my dad was obviously getting older. You know, I was obviously looking at doing different things. So that's why I went back and I got more education. You have to be a perpetual learner. So that's why I went back and get the the MBA, not only to get the business acumen, but also to interact with a lot of quality professors and then other quality students that were doing different things, coming, you know, also working at other corporations, you know, and then going to school every other weekend, Friday, all day, Friday, all day, Saturday. And to also to constantly look inward of what really works for me. So I did know, and I also think, you know, we always have interests. You know, I was talking to an uncle of mine a couple of years ago, and he was saying like, you know, when he was... In college, you know, he majored in this. But then, when he had turned thirty, he, you know, he probably would have majored in something else. But when he turned fifty, he would have probably majored in something else. And it caused me to think, you know, if I had gone back to college now, instead of going into pharmacy and then later on getting out of pharmacy and going into business and accounting, I probably would have focused more on economics and art history. Just if I wanted to just get a degree, but then also develop the other skills that I needed which was to develop my public speaking and to become more and more fluent in Spanish. Because, you know, to me, every every job has some form of sales in it. So we always got to be a salesman. And how good of a salesman are you? So then I've come back now and I say, well, my two biggest loves in terms of kind of business I've always liked the, the whole idea of supply chain, and that's what I like about my current company, Unitex Global, which is about kind of supply chain, taking a product from the manufacturer, eventually getting it to the manufacturing plant, and then, of course, getting paid. But then I also had a big love for public speaking, so then I started a second company, Life is Wonderful, which now I can incorporate in motivational speaking as well as writing books coming out with an online course and a podcast to try to get the information about recovery because I've gone through addiction into recovery, been over 20 years clean. So now it's almost intertwining something that is very personal where I could actually be very helpful because I have the ability to explain things well, get on stage, write. And so people can recover, heal, and really look inward. So the tagline for the company is empowering people through self-awareness. Well, we need self-awareness in any type of life, business, relationships, or personal lives so is like where we are, where's my partner, how, how are they reacting, where are my relationships with my family, my friends, who am I around? So you're talking about, so go back to your original question, obstacles, is I would always say is almost be a sponge Think of life as a perpetual learner because we can learn about anything, you know, whether it's about how to become more mechanical, how to be better in the kitchen, how to be better at at love, how to be better at just discovering ourselves, but also being better at business, whether it's sales, whether it's you know, the financial aspect of it, keeping the books, making sure, you know, doing everything right, as you know, well as marketing, you know, and any other or If you're doing a service, you know, how good is your service? You know, are you on top of things and constantly looking at ways to improve?
0: I want to first and foremost say, commend you for, you know, 20 plus years of being clean and not only just you, but all of the recovering and clean you know, addicts out there and everything like that. I do we appreciate that, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I also want to commend you for for what you're doing, for just the, you beat me to it, man. I was just getting ready to transition into, you know, life is wonderful, just because I, I definitely wanted to, you know, really get that entity out there and really just in hearing you speak about it on Clubhouse and then really just going through the website, just watching some of the videos, even going through your page and just seeing what you do, seeing how, you know, you're, to me, I think you're giving back to the community, to, to those out there, just really just being an anchor. A light for those sometimes who who feel like there's there's no end to the tunnel, or, or some people you know who just need to to stay afloat a little bit. So I really do commend you just for that, just for that service that you're offering to people. And I definitely do encourage a lot of people out there to to check it out. To not only check out the the, um, the lifeiswonderful.love page, but also the lifeiswonderful.love website. And I know Hugo has a lot more coming. And I know he's done a lot already, just do public speaking, just do the motivation and everything. But my question for you, just in thinking about. Um, what you do, just in hearing about what you're doing, even just in able to see it for myself, what what would you say? Well, I, I would even rephrase it. At what point in your whatever your career, your life, ho- however we kind of want to call it, did you say, okay, this is really what I want to do. Um, this is what I've gone through in life. I want other people, you know, to be able to share their story, but be able to know that, look, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. This There will be better days. You can, you know, kind of overcome this. What At what point did you really say, hey, Hugo, it's time to start this. Let's make it happen. Well, I'll answer it in two ways. The first part is
1: when I hit 30 and I was looking at my life and I was still drinking and gambling way too much and then thinking I got to do something different. And so I looked around and, you know, I had at that time a girlfriend who said, oh, I think your family drinks too much. And of course, uh, you know, got very defensive. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, I would go home and, I, you know, it was almost like that little voice in the back of your head going, oh, the, uh, is she she being a bitch? Or does she really have something there? Does she see something that maybe I have blinders on? So I would think about it. Then, of course, if you actually go through my first introductory video, I go through the whole story. But I came to the realization, you know, after you, you get certain amount of rejection and frustration, you're almost motivated. Because I'm the, I'm the believer is the greatest motivator is pain. There is nothing, there is not a greater teacher than pain. And that could be financial pain Physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, but it's gonna be some time of pain that really is almost the really catapults us to really almost extreme change. And so that was the whole thing to start asking for help. And I can go through I don't we're you know, we're not really focused on this podcast, but there are so many things out there that sometimes society tells us. You need to figure all this out yourself. And that is such a false narrative because there, no one has all the answers. So you do need to ask for help. And it's actually a sign of strength to ask for help. And actually the smartest, richer, the people that are most content with their lives are the people who ask for help, you know, whatever the guidance is, you know, because there's all, you know, we need help, you know, we have so many different areas in our lives that we need to kind of address that we cannot spend all the time in a library or on Google trying to get educated. So we have to kind of rely on people. Now, sometimes, you know, sometimes the teachers we pick may not be the most astute, but then we can change teachers or kind of change subjects. So, and then the second part of that was, is how did I turn this into a business? It's almost like I finally get this epiphany. And I'm a big believer in epiphanies because so I think I did have an epiphany when I decided to really get clean and try to really have better relationships. Because the whole reason to get into recovery was not to stop the drinking or the gambling. The whole reason to get into recovery was to actually understand myself better, to discover who was Hugo, what is he about heal all the pain and all those secrets that I was so afraid that somebody would find out. So then I had, that was like one epiphany. And then there was another epiphany that would kind of came at a retreat. So I was at this retreat for gambling and the person who was supposed to kind of wrap up the retreat, somehow something happened. And then person who was actually directing the retreat asked me, hey, do you want to kind of step in and do this? So I went back to my room and this was going to be, so he tells me this Saturday night and then, you know, the wrap up was like Sunday morning. So I didn't have a lot of time to understand to kind of think about what type of impact that I want to make with the overview or the closing statements. And so all of a sudden it just kind of came to me, well, I'm just going to rewrite the 12 steps of recovery into something more concise. So instead of like doing the whole first step, we are powerless, and then it becomes, you know, how your life's become unmanageable. I changed it to we believe the lie. And I kept doing that with all the 12 steps and then I said, well, then later on I came on it's like, well, this is actually something that could be really beneficial to other addicts who, you know, cuz so many people come in, go out, you know, or they relapse after years and saying, well, we got to get to the heart of it. Keep the original steps but also almost give these as support and so it just that was like my second epiphany saying Okay, I've been in the program long enough. I've read a lot. I've been around. I've heard the stories. The most important thing was to listen to people. And I think that's the key, to listen to how people have really recovered in pain and how they really then become this miracle, the miracle of life. And so it just became something that became like another, it became more than an idea. It's almost like it was a God-given purpose. Then I said, well, okay, I'm just going to first do a few videos on YouTube. And then it became as, as well, uh, I had an assistant. She helped me out with, uh, came up with a logo. And then I came up with a tagline. Then I hired someone to do a website. Then I started getting on Instagram. Then, of course, you know, saying a lot of things on, a few things on LinkedIn. And then, of course, with Clubhouse, you know, just keeping growing. And then, obviously, more in the business realizing, well, if I want to speak, it's better also to have some books. And then when I was kind of pushing the business, I realized, well, besides having a books, it's probably good to have a course. And it's also good to have a podcast. So it's almost like it almost keeps growing and growing and growing into different areas, which makes it sometimes overwhelming. But then at other times you're saying, well, it's I'd rather be busy than not busy. So that kind of answered the question is how it all came about is sometimes you you almost have to sit back and let the answers come to you. It's almost like if you're in just quiet time or in meditation, I think it's always good for people to journal. For people to spend and just, you know, spend some time just thinking because you can't really do anything without a plan. And so you have to do some writing, whether it's an exact an exact business plan or marketing plan, or maybe it's just jotting down some notes. I mean, there's plenty of people who started a business by just writing down some notes on a cocktail napkin.
0: And that those are beautiful stories, beautiful stories, indeed, and definitely a beautiful message when you really just, you know, take the time to to sit back, to listen, to be in tune. To sometimes not even speak. Sometimes just clear your mind, clear your head. It's amazing what can come from that, what can even come to you, the motivations, the ideas, the everything. Because I know a lot of times even just speaking for myself, my my mind is everywhere. Just running, just thinking about this, thinking about that, but still having to go about my day, still having to be at work, still having to, you know, do things for the podcast, edit, social time, whatever the case may be, communicate, interact, whatever I may do. But sometimes when you really just, you know, take that time to just take some time to just To just relax to just chill to just really almost do nothing in a sense it's amazing kind of how you can really just be in tune with everything almost it almost feels like i'm addressing each thought at at a time kind of just cycling through going through different things like that so it's amazing I, i really think sometimes like you said those are really some of the best stories those those things that happened where you were unexpected just being in your basement just jotting some things down just being in a, at a bar or a restaurant and writing something down like you said on the nap napkin coming back to it later just manifestations it's, it's all real and energy and everything like that so it's really just amazing again what you I'm I'm going to say it time and time again but really just the journey behind all of this really how you got started what you had to go through in life what you really had to kind of tell yourself to go through to grow through to really you know even pray about just reflect on and really just make some changes but I really think that it takes that it takes a lot for somebody to, you know, admit to something, to accept something, and then to want to change that, to want to be better, to want to do better, to want better for themselves. So I really encourage everybody out there listening, whether you may know Hugo personally, or this is kind of your first time just being able to hear from definitely tap in, you know, to the website, to the content that he has. I know that he has a lot more gems coming and definitely even listen to him. speak on Clubhouse. Like I said, that was the first place that I was able to get acquainted from. And I really don't regret it one bit. And really just after hearing everything that you came on here and shared with us today, it's really just amazing. I'm definitely tapping with you moving forward. I definitely am looking forward to it to all the content that's to come and just the messages behind it, the lives that you impact, that you change is going to be immense. It's really just going to be immense. So before we kind of wrap things up, for everybody kind of listening out there, do you feel like there's anything about Life is Wonderful, about what you kind of did to come into business, just just about anything that you feel like we haven't touched on today that you would like to get into? Well, at first I'd like to have a shout out to how we met, because I think that's very
1: important because now a lot of people are, more and more people each day come in the clubhouse. Now I got in the clubhouse, I think it was December 30th, 2020. So I've been on it just about one month. But we were in the room with Kenny the Plug. So I have to, you know, with so many different rooms and different ones about marketing or networking, I, I have to give a shout out to the room that allowed us to meet where we could actually have this conversation and share business ideas on how we can all kind of learn from each other. So that's the uh, first and foremost. Second of all, the main thing to me is about uh, whether it's Life is Wonderful or Unitex Global is that for anybody starting a business and hearing a lot of people either on Clubhouse or just like I know from my own business school or from people that I know just out and about here in Houston, Texas is, is that you know a lot of people you know want to start a business for a variety of reasons. And a lot of them have good ideas and you know that all businesses can make money. So whatever your idea is, I just want to encourage. I'm always a person who believes the glass is always half full. So whatever your idea is, it can make money. The other thing is is that there is a lot of different aspects to running a business, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's an actual product or service, whether it's, you know, making sure you collect the money, whether it's online, whether it's a physical store, whether you're dealing with inventory or how big of a workforce and you're dealing with employees or you're dealing with manufacturers or you're dealing with drop shipping. There's so many different areas to it is, is that you have to learn and that's where you know writing down a plan before you just automatically just go from idea to opening the door. You know, write down those things. You know, that is so important. Uh, those, you know to me is probably one of the greatest strengths of, that a lot of people spend money on an MBA. But you know, you can learn it just by going to Google. Is write down all your strengths, but also be honest with yourself and write down your weaknesses and what you're weak at. Get the help and then understand what are the possible opportunities. How big can this grow? Because, like I said, you know, I just started with just a few videos on YouTube, but now I'm dealing with books, courses, podcasts, more videos, speaking, mentoring. You know, it just keeps. You know, it can grow. So there's so many opportunities, but there's also threats. You know, like as we notice, just one small thing is like the pandemic, but there's so many other threats depending on where you live. So just be open that even though all you know, a business can make money. You know, there's also a possibility that a business can fail, but I'm a big believer that it usually comes with planning. And I actually have this on my IG. And it's a it's a famous quote. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so I'm a big believer is you gotta write certain things down and then almost kind of talk to somebody else and say, Okay, what do you think about this? It's okay to ask you know, for some advice. Now, of course, anytime anybody you ask, you know, sometimes people be supportive and sometimes they're going to be unsupportive. And I'm talking about family or friends, you know, people that, you know, that you kind of trust and then you don't want to get deflated. You know, you ask different people, you know, what about this idea? But also, you know, you got to trust your gut. So understand that, you know, there's so many different beautiful things about business. And it can also you know give you a lot of different more freedom, and that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur you have you're allowed a certain amount of freedom, or if you're doing it as a side business side hustle, you know still working another job until you know you really understand how much money is coming in per month or how much money you really need because each of us needs different amounts of money per month, and we just gotta know what that number is and what would actually provide us the lifestyle we want and so I think those are the the really key things is I think, I think we're going to see a lot of different businesses and really the different ways the way businesses are going to be either managed or delivered here in 2021, because we're still going to be dealing with the virus, vaccinations, how much contact there is, you know, what type of deliverables, how much stuff is online, how much stuff is actually face-to-face. So there's so many still unknowns out there. And so I would just encourage people to, you know, you almost get your hustle on, you grind, but also just, you know, be open to ask those good, hard
0: questions and and try to keep pushing yourself to to learn and to hustle. If you guys couldn't tell, ladies and gentlemen, he's a motivational speaker. Like, man, that just put, from the time I hit play on this recording you really just put so many gems almost lit a fire under me truly really just kind of made me do some reflection really made me even take some of the principles that i have and and i kind of want to really hone in on those focusing on those and really just just think about longevity not just kind of think about obviously yeah definitely do want to live in a moment definitely do want to appreciate everything that we have going on but also just think about what's to come the future and everything like that so i really do love everything that you said really from start to finish love the i feel like we haven't even touched every single bit of it but love just the the story that we were able to hear the journey that we were able to go through with hugo v today and it's really just just amazing just to once again really see the value that you're you're not only giving back to people but the value that you were able to just give here today and the value that you want to you know continue to give and continue to to serve and impact people like you said what really just almost felt like you said a couple of youtube videos and everything and now look at really where you are and if that doesn't really speak to anybody out there it's, it's really just to let you know that that anything is possible truly kevin garnett i think really said it best he said it a lot differently than that but it's really just anything can happen Truly, if, if you really just kind of hone in, some things aren't meant to happen. So you also do have to understand and accept that, too. But with work towards something, with dedication, with consistency, with time, with patience, anything is, is truly possible. And I think Hugo really um, exemplified that here today. And I, I, I really, like I said, I really encourage really, really, really encourage everybody to just to just tap in with his page. And I'll make sure that once this episode is published up and everything like that, that people are able to get the bio and everything and the websites and the social medias, because I think that he can definitely speak to somebody out there. He can definitely, you know, resonate with somebody. If you're having just a tough day, just need a little pick me up or maybe just need something. Maybe you're just feeling good and really just need that extra motivation, just that extra fire under you. I think he can really do that for you as well. So Hugo, just for the people out there, like I said, the ones who may be familiar with you, who may not be familiar with you, um, can you also tell them where they can kind of tap in with you on your website, social media and everything like that, if they wanted to reach out and connect?
1: Thanks. The company is Life is Wonderful. But if you remember, lifeiswonderful.love, that is the website and also the Instagram. So lifeiswonderful. And that's L-O-V-E. The whole word and life is wonderful is spelled out all together. That's how you would get into my website, which actually will host everything. So the website is really like home base for everything. If you just go to the website, that'll the easiest way. And Instagram, I have almost most of the videos. There's a few in the beginning that just were not just saved. So they got onto YouTube, but they're not on. They're not on Instagram, but most of them are, especially the, the the later ones, like where I talk about anxiety or gratitude and some of these other newer topics. And then the channel on YouTube is Life is Wonderful. The only problem is, is in YouTube, Life is Wonderful is also a song by this singer, Jason Gertz. And so um I'm still far down on the YouTube. If you just type in life is wonderful, so it takes a long while. So I always say, you know, it's you really need to listen to the videos, just go to Instagram or to my website. You'll find it a lot faster. And the website ties into my YouTube. So when you click on the video, that will actually open up YouTube. And those that's the best way to get all the information. And then once these books are finished, that you know, they'll, the easiest way to do is go to the website so once you just know that website that's the easiest way to get in contact with me call me email me any anything that uh, you need because you know I'm always here you know one thing's about business but it's also about the human contact I'm always big on relationships because that is actually the other piece of of recovery and of life is is relationships now we all have we have all types of relationships but That is what we're always striving to improve on. How intimate, how trusting, and, you know, obviously you need to set boundaries depending on what what type of relationship it is, but you move forward. And that way, when people meet you, the one thing that they should be able to say is, was the person authentic? And I think is once you're authentic, then you can actually make money in business as well as have deeper connections with relationships. And I think that's what we all want. We all we all want deeper personal relationships. We want to have strong relationships that enable us to make money. So that's, that's the best way to get a hold of me.
0: All right, folks. I strongly, strongly encourage everybody out there to find a way to connect with him, find a way to, you know, even possibly become a part of something that he's doing, maybe a collaboration or anything like that. But as I, I stated, I definitely want to emphasize that I can't even let this interview without saying it again. Hugo, thank you so much You know for joining us here today on the Down to Business podcast. Thank you so much for just the wonderful value the wonderful gems that you dropped, just just everything, the love that you spread, the wealth that you gave us, just that it was definitely much needed. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to the Clubhouse Room as well, to Kenny the Plug, most definitely somebody who you guys will see. Definitely remember that name. He will be on the podcast as well very soon. So, But a big shout out to that, a big shout out to just the opportunity to be able to connect and network with like-minded individuals. It's really something that I love and truly appreciate. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, everything that's to come later down the line and just everything that's going on from both parties, from mine, from Love, from just what you have even going on, even outside of that. So again, thank you so much for your time to everybody out there, continuously listening support, and supporting. I thank you. Um, I love you. Let's keep going up. Let's keep working. This has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast here with Tamar Turner.